0: So uh, I heard the pandemic is over.
1: That's what a lot of people are saying. Um, and if defined by like governing bodies ruling a pandemic emergency, then that makes sense. Uh, I don't know why that would be anybody's standard, but um, I actually just saw today, I think, did I send it to you? Or maybe I just might have saved it for myself Um I mean, I'm gonna look it up so I get the cases correct. Uh, someone just wrote eight hours ago on uh, Twitter. People call it X now, uh, but just like they changed the name of the Sears Tower in Chicago, yeah. I will still be referring to it as the Sears Tower. Um, however, twenty years later, uh, so it said uh, uh, they're quoting uh, Liz. What's uh, her face? Who I love the I love Twitter handles, man. Uh, her Twitter handle is real gay Arby's. Fauci said in 2021 that COVID cases in the U.S. would need to fall well below 10,000 per day before we could achieve a degree of normality. We are at 1.3 million cases per day right now. De-de-de-de-de. Technically, that's not entirely accurate. We were the week of February 5th, which might actually be the last like uh, time that we have the, like, a fuller compilation of data. 1.3 million uh, infections per day. Uh 2.8% actively infectious. So I don't know. I don't, I I still am confused. I, I think uh, we always knew it was going to be endemic. Uh, we always knew it was going to sort of, so at some point we just, I, I assume people are just like, we just have to call it. Um, I also think that uh, politics is involved there where they were like, before we run for election again, We've got to have to the pandemic's got to be over so i think one of the reasons the pandemic emergency was cleared declared ended during uh biden's uh, tenure as president was so then he could claim with some degree of indicative evidence uh, that he ended the pandemic because he did i mean he literally ended it for a lot of people just by saying we're not a pandemic emergency anymore and then that way he could say Trump started the pandemic because he's the one who declared the pandemic emergency,
0: <laughs> right? It, we've talked about this quite a bit, but I think that actually fits with your definition of pandemic because it wasn't actually really connected to the virus; it was connected to the reaction and the emotions. A lot of it, and yeah, yeah, and sort of collective sentiment about the about the virus. So yeah. in a weird way, like that is true.
1: <laughs> yeah, if the pandemic is no longer an actual pa- like like if basically through this pandemic, we redefined pandemic, which a lot of people are attempting to do, I refuse to allow it because again, I'm a semantic conservative. Also, it distorts our sense of reality if we start saying things that aren't true over and over again, because a pandemic is just a virus across multiple geographic areas, multiple countries, or at least spreading significantly um, across even a single country in terms of multiple, but it has to like spread around more than just like a city. Um, It has to to move around. So we had that, right? A virus was spread around the the flipping world, right? So, and it's still around the world. Now, maybe you could just say, well, once the spread stops and it's kind of hit everywhere it's going to hit, that could be the end, in which case it shifts into endemic. But for years, years, we were manipulated on that basis saying like, the pandemic is just not going to end unless you A, B, and C, unless you do this thing, you do this thing, you do that thing none of which were accurate because we're talking about a respiratory virus which no one's ever been able to defeat we influenza anybody that's kind of not going anywhere yeah we've had vaccines for that for 40 years 50 years still still going strong y'all um so but at some point we knew it was going to shift into endemic meaning it was just sort of be a seasonal rise and fall but that happened back in like 2020 and 2021 so I mean, at some point I feel like it was just like pick a point and we're gonna just pretend we're not in a pandemic anymore. But the weird thing is most people's metrics, I don't think ever was, oh, we're in a pandemic because the government said so. We're in the, we're in a pandemic because most people would, I would assume, maybe I'm wrong, would like go, oh, because of look how many cases, look how many look at look look how many hospitalizations, like look how serious this is, look how scary this is, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um because that's what was happening like to push vaccination and mask mandates and all these things was like a case based thing. So, I think for me once they ended the pandemic, I was like, "Oh good, everyone's going to realize this was a total sham because they just ended it with no metrics of like, oh, well, we finally hit this number which we said once we hit that, then it'd be done." Um not there was no there was nothing. There was no justification for it. They were just like, "It's over now." And everyone was like, "Oh good." <laughs> And I, of course, as a person who pays attention to things and maybe shouldn't, was like, what is going on? <laughs> so I don't know, man. That's what I think. But again, I think it's largely political, which which should lead us to today's topic, because I've already sp- rambled too much. This is one of those those kind of cold opens.
0: Especially because yeah. it may be that it's a pandemic of fear. It is. Fear, fear yeah. is the virus.
1: Fear is the virus. Although in some ways, then fear could almost be always endemic. Meaning, all it takes is some sort of inciting incident of any note, like uh, like a worldwide pandemic would be one. I would think you should you should at least have some degree of fear. You know, and I think for me it was about two weeks of fear because I was immune compromised, and so I was like, oh no, this could be especially dangerous to me. Two weeks or so is like appropriate. Um, I think even that was like long because I was as a person who was like under greater threat than others. for most people, it should have lasted, I think, three to five days of, of fear. But then you look at something like January 6th, which I, I think should have caused about, I don't know, the average person about 23, 23, 24 minutes of fear. That's lasted for years and years and years. So who knows? Maybe my sense of seasonality uh, in fear is, is way off uh, epidemiologically. But again, yeah, all this pretty may pretty run um, delusions. Yeah. Some of it's just delusional. Some of it's just sheer delusions, which one could say a lot of fears are based in.
0: Uh, yes. I might say perspective. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say which, delusion. Which when could you, be delusional. Yeah. A delusional perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Or an accurate perspective. We all have perspectives, um, but it's just like buttholes, right? Everyone has one. They all stink. I think, let's be fair. It's just like buttholes. Everyone has one and some people's stink. Other people can, you know, you can take care of your butt. You can, like, uh, you know, I got two, uh, like, Japanese-style, like, bidet toilets now, just to, just to manage that area. So then my opinion, automatically, metaphorically, uh, doesn't stink. All this to say, today's topic is actually about TDS, folks, which we've glancingly touched on. But we can, we'll weave in why we even started talking about the pandemic uh, after we introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Brendan McNamara.
0: And I am Andy Swindler, uh, TDS, otherwise known as Trump Derangement Syndrome.
1: That's right. So hopefully you've heard of that. Uh, if not, then I guess we could do a, I could do a quick primer on what that means, or if it'll just sort of reveal itself. The question is: Is TDS Trump Derangement Syndrome real? Like, and what I mean real is, uh, does it have a foundation? But even more so. Uh, is is it a phenomenon that is exists and that exists and is legitimate? Uh, in terms of like being online conversation, it's a term I've seen since about 2017, 2018, something like that, as a way to describe people who seemed who seemed in terms of perspective, which may or may not stink, that people's response to Trump was outsized based on who he was and what he was doing. And it specifically was a term for like years and years and years leveled at people who didn't like Trump, but it seemed like they had like a bigger reaction than was due, like what was actually happening. Um, And so, and it got to the point where they just couldn't think clearly about anything related to Trump whatsoever. I would like to expand it in our conversations today to at least somewhat encompass people who have Trump derangement syndrome Uh, I think it's a much smaller section. It's really not the fully traditional use of the term, but I'd like to apply it that way. Uh, For people who are like, no matter what Trump does or what happens to Trump, people are still like, this man is the man that will lead us to the promised land, which I think is really its own form of um, derangement. I simply think that latter form is so much less popular in terms of for people who are, you know, getting going, zooming around the world, absorbing media influence, um, that sort of thing, uh, people just don't talk about how amazing Trump is, except on like a channel, one and a half channels, you know, of of what normal people encounter, um, or they I should say average, yeah, normal, normal just means average, like you, you you're statistically average.
0: I think normal is is getting itself onto the World ninety list, but yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh, connect. Oh, so we were talking about this ahead of time. Do you have, what's, but what's your pre-thought on this? Like, is this a real sort of diagnosis or is this a flippant way to dismiss concerns? Is TDS real pre-conversation, thumbs up or thumbs down?
0: Uh, Thumbs up, big time.
1: Yeah, I'm a thumbs up as well on that. I don't know if it'll be changed, but I think I'll understand it better, hopefully at the end of this. One of the reasons we were talking about the pandemic, I thought this this was an illustrative thing for people to understand TDS in action. One of the times it was invoked quite a bit, and hopefully this is something that anyone listening to kind of remembers. During the lead up to the 2020 election, uh, uh, was it 2020 election? Yeah, 2020 election, um, that... Donald Trump had been, uh, whatever, uh, the the pandemic had come. It had been announced. The pandemic emergency had been declared. Trump started the pandemic. Thanks a lot. He uh, put into Operation uh, Operation Warp Speed, where uh, a ton of money was thrown at pharmaceutical companies to speed the development of a vaccine against this novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. He was saying it would should be ready by the end of the year. They'd be ready like beginning of twenty twenty one. We now know, of course, just for a side note, and I'm not even saying this is like a conjecture. We, there, this is a documented, evidenced thing that actually happened. They actually delayed the release, even though they were finished and they, the approval. All the same documents were already in for approval. Um, they delayed the release till after the uh, election. Um, some of people assume. TDS might've been involved in that decision, meaning like, as many of you have already heard, like everything is on the table in terms of stopping Trump. Like we can kind of do anything. If we have to subvert democracy, if we have to abandon journalistic, objective journalistic principles, um, we, uh, or as as intellectual Sam Harris said, like, I don't care if Biden has like children chained up in his basement. Like I would still vote for him and not Donald Trump. Uh, I think uh, Sam Harris is a great example of someone who suffers from, uh, on like uh, stage four uh, TDS. So during that lead up, during the during the election cycle, uh, our president and our vice president, uh, but many other people too, but specifically them, were asked if they would take the vaccine. I think on like a town hall on like CNN or whatever. Uh, and they both said, well, we're really gonna have to wait and see on that. Uh, I think Kamala Harris went even farther. It was like, oh, well, both of them cast aspersions. Like, I don't know if anyone's gonna take this rushed Trump vaccine. You know, I don't, it's, um, I, and some some people even suggested Trump was doing this to cause more harm. He was doing this recklessly, crazily. Right. Not going to take this Trump vaccine. Uh, within months, the same vaccine came out, but they won the election. Um, unless you ask Trump, um, they won the election, became president and vice president and Within months of saying they would probably not take or they'd really have to examine or they'd wait a long time to ever take the vaccine, not only did they take the vaccine, they then attempted to mandate that everyone had to take it. So all of a sudden, when Trump got out of the way, it's the same object, but you just change the branding and it becomes not only something that you're skeptical of, perhaps even going to refuse into something that not, that no one is allowed to refuse. I thought was a pretty potent example that everyone in public could see of of a likely manifestation of Trump derangement syndrome. Is it a syndrome that you've encountered? Is it was it even a, a um, was TDS like a, a, a acronym you were aware of? I
0: don't I don't think I was aware of the acronym until you proposed it for this episode. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think as anyone listening knows, I'm I swim in liberal, if not socialist, circles more of the time and uh, although i really do try to to uh, keep a few tabs open on on the other sides and whatnot um because i it's it's seeped into my awareness over the years how much as you, as you just pointed out one example of hypocrisy i think basically exists everywhere um yeah but but, but what really i guess bums me out is one thing I've noticed is how, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, juvenile a lot of the insults are. Like, I mean, like so many liberals for years posting really just like ad hominem stuff, like just yeah, berate, yeah. berating Trump, you know, making fun of this or that feature, et cetera. And I, 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 you know, I'd welcome anybody to dig, but I challenge you to find an example on my social media like that. I mean, I've, I've always personally had a policy where I, um, I just don't find that constructive or useful. Uh, if there's some political reasoning to it, that's, mm-hmm. that's great. Like, hopefully that's what we're all talking about. This is the president of the United States. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of influence. What are the outcomes? Of their presidency um yeah. now, clearly this is political theater and for decades maybe forever we've elected charismatic leaders and yes. of course that it accelerated with yeah. with the in, with the age of tv um so yes I mean, my, my intersection with this dates back to, I I think I mentioned before, just being a huge fan of Obama, even having volunteered for his senatorial campaign back in 2004. Um, so for those of us in the Obama camp, Trump came as a kind of sadness, like, like, Mm. gosh, gosh, this feels like a backslide. Um, I know, I know in the case of my mother, for, for instance, just having some really heart-wrenching conversations with her. Mm. Um, And I I don't know if Hillary is going to be a big part of our conversation or not, but it seems like obviously relevant in the context of the 2016 election um, and just how devastated she was as a woman. And I I heard that a lot in 2016, just women interesting. So it it was like, and I, I think you and I, one thing we do actually agree on is not yeah, we may be slightly different on this i'm probably a little more in favor of like yeah let's go ahead and get the identities and the the, the identities that haven't had these positions of power let's go ahead and even potentially choose the identity over the quality uh mm. just just to break through all the ceilings and then we can sort of feel like okay great now we've broken all the ceilings <laughs> like so let's like let's have a real yeah, a real yeah. playing field a real election um now, in this case, at least back then, I thought Hillary was far more qualified and sort of I enjoyed her disposition more. Um, and I just think it's hilarious in, the, in America. It's like how these dynasties play out. It's like, yeah, right. It's Weird. like, what the, what the fuck? Like, if there had been yeah. another Clinton, there's two Bushes, there's two. Cl- it's like, are, do we really have such a tiny pool of DNA to choose our presidents Yes,
1: from? yes, there is, right? Didn't that there, there was a kid, remember? There was a kid. Uh, this is years ago. Um, gosh, I'm, it was a girl uh, in her teens and she did this like genetic project and discovered that like all but two or three or something like that presidents were all genetically related to the same like uh, sort of like low level royal or whatever uh, in uh, wow. in, the U- in somewhere in the UK. So, yeah, no, literally we are picking from like royal lineage Almost exclusively. I can't remember who two, the two exceptions were, but Obama wasn't an exception. He was also like related to this person. I thought it was fast. It was so interesting. Now again, I, I don't know enough about genomes to like validate her data, but I look, I just looked for a long time to see if anyone had ever been able to like prove this, like little basically little, you know, one of those little geniuses, one of those poor little genius girls. <laughs> but anyway, so... I thought that was I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, how we do tend towards aristocracy uh aristocracy um even in a a, Repo- a democratic republic it's pretty funny
0: yeah oh my god I, yeah uh... oh yeah
1: yeah i don't care i think I, now maybe this is me because i am i do have conservative elements in me like with semantics and i would even say um i'm a little kind of a I'm, i tend towards maybe a little bit of a hotep um stees which is uh respectability politics i think are actually somewhat relevant they don't they don't they don't dominate but like, Hillary scared me more than Trump. I didn't vote for either one of those people. Um, but I was just like, oh, I'm more convinced that Hillary has had people murdered. Um, so then I was like, ooh, I don't trust her at all and then i don't it's sadly in some ways because i don't trust bill because he's not a trustworthy person then that reflected poorly on her as i'm sure she was well aware in her life her life of phenomenal achievements and listen she married a man who became president so it's not like she's you know but she, she made some good house of cards kind of decisions but obviously not great like personal moral decisions so then i was just like um like morally i can't say either one of them was like somehow better than the other uh, on paper, in terms of like, if you wanted to hire someone who has done all the adjacent jobs, I mean, Hillary's. I mean, her resume is ludicrous. It's yeah. ridic- It's ridiculous. Right. Um, she's not. I don't know if she's a likable leader. Uh, obviously, it's so. It's funny now to see some of the same people I know who probably voted for her, flipping hater now, because all she keeps talking about. She's a phenomenally, an adamantly, specifically pro-Israel. Um. To to the degree, of, I would almost say almost a little anti-Palestinian, and she's doing the same thing. Although I hope this is helpful for everyone, she's literally being like all these these pro-Palestinian stuff. I mean, we'll have to see how much of it is Russian, is Russian, you know, bots and disinformation. Like literally, she's back to accusing anybody who disagrees with her of being a Russian spy. So I'm like, hmm. all right, so she sucks. Uh, it, well, she sucks to, to the people who. Thought she didn't suck so i again i'm like this is maybe another phenomenon of trump derangement syndrome but yeah. if i'm a little jackie robinson with it where like jackie wasn't necessarily the best player but he was the best player to break the the glass ceiling and obama i don't think was the best black man running for office but he was in many ways he was like the jackie robinson <laughs> to break the ceiling where you're like i think obama's a great for, like as far as we should have had a black president back when we had, I mean, we had a first black senator when they were still taking black and white photos. So there've been like black men in leadership roles for a long time. Which it's it's amazing it took us that long to 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 pick a black man. Um, but he definitely was like the polish, the um, the charisma. The he's attractive. Um, like he like he he was a great like figurehead leader. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. Especially uh, following like the inept, like the weird ineptitude, like <laughs> of like the the Bush era, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah. oh, okay, well, here this guy looks like a statesman, you know, and he was super military industrial complexy or whatever that you, you know. And in some ways, I think he was a he he failed at a lot of things. He said he that were important to him. Guantanamo, obviously, was still open, all that sort of stuff, right? He deported more people than anyone like ever, you know what I mean? So he was sort of anti-immigrant in in in, in, in ways as one would could suggest that could be. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree that it would be, but that's certainly the accusation. So he was a war hawk. He was anti-immigrant, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, I've, as you and I have said, good. Because how many other, we've had plenty of white dudes be president and do those same things too. So like in some ways I do recognize the importance of identity just because of like who we are as a nation. So there are elements of that too are important. I don't. I don't understand anyone being a Hillary Clinton fan. So I'd love to talk to you. I I should have in two thousand sixteen talked to your mom about that.
0: Yeah, she might still be open to it. Yeah, it's you know part of it, as you said, was just the resume. Part of it's you know very Democrat Democrat voting you know family, but I think most of it was just. I mean, I just sense and and hear the sorrow in in her living through a lot of a lot of progress for women obviously in the last several decades but yeah this this just seemed like the door being slammed again and 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 i think it was i think personality did play a huge part in this because it was yeah just like i you know i i women i think are are picked on in certain ways um pretty consistently especially in positions of power the whole pantsuit thing i thought hillary had some fun with that but yeah you know, it speaks to like the almost like implicit disqualification of mm. an aging woman when, yeah. when we seem to, that election, I, I think said, so, at least to my mom, probably to many women, maybe people otherwise, I don't know, um, that this was, that we chose this buffoon of a man uh, yeah. over, over this highly qualified woman. What would have what would have happened? Who knows? I'm not thrilled that she's pro-Israel. I don't even follow her anymore, so I'm, that's news to me. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's related. I'll just weave in. You know, my introduction to Trump was watching the first season of The Apprentice 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a decent show. Uh, you know, he's he's a reasonably good entertainer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just know him from, we, I knew him from Letterman. He would like be on Letterman sometimes. I was like, why is this? Guy? He's like a real estate. He owns buildings. Why is he on Letterman?
0: Yeah yeah I think, well, he's just really rich or i don't yeah. know <laughs> i um, guess
1: yeah
0: yeah so and that you know that seems harmless enough he's he's on a show not the first time we've hired an entertainer
1: yeah
0: of, yeah, for sure. for, yeah. We, are, we, we do hire them actually we
1: it's, a, it's, a, it's an extensive hiring process
0: <laughs> but not the first time we've hired an entertainer an actor etc yeah uh, and so i had shared this article with you that i wrote in 2016 and it was yeah. called hope, hope in the age of trump yeah and that is literally the first thing I've ever put on Medium. I mean, I have my own blog, oh, interesting. And stuff, yeah, all, yeah. sort of. In fact, it's the only thing I think that I've exclusively published on Medium. I don't even mm. think I put that back on my mm. blog. So interesting for me in that moment, you know, to reflect on that, you know, maybe one or two things I disagree with, that's probably always a good thing, right? Um, yeah, sure. Looking at my old work. Uh, but also seeing a lot of threads around like love and collaboration and things that I obviously yeah. Have, have, yeah. tripled down on. Uh, so i but so to me like i think i was tangled up i don't think i don't think we were calling it tds back then but i was very entangled with the devastation of of a lot of folks when trump won in 2016 and then that my reaction was i mean it's funny that it's called hope in the age of trump and but i you know i I do throw some punches there in the beginning uh yeah yeah him directly and 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 just some broader kind of assumptions that we've discussed quite a bit on the show yeah I'm not I'm not gonna go into here maybe we can post the article um so it was it's been very interesting to reflect on just the last you know eight years uh um, yeah. so uh yeah I, I see it a lot and like as I started this little section um it's I see it a lot from liberal friends. And it's disappointing when it just becomes like name calling and personal attacks.
1: And yeah. Just... In your in your piece, I thought it was interesting thing to be like the things that we all like our collective is concerned about in terms of like, uh, like the rise of racism or misogyny like in our culture as it's seemingly approved of. Um, but that pointing out that, of course, those things have always existed and, you know, like I guess at, at best he would be sort of an avatar of them to certain people. And so the hope is well, there's nothing new here. These are the same problems we've always dealt with, and we're try we've tried different ways to deal with them. And we have to whether it doesn't matter who's president, we still have to seek to find common ground to override that sort of thinking. What I think is fascinating is I noticed I think racism has gotten way bigger uh, in his uh like in the past since since he was elected. Certainly think that's true. I don't think it's the racism that like a lot of people seem to talk about, like racism against like brown people or black people or whatever, Um, like marginalized or minority populations. Um, In some ways it's been funny that, supposedly that happened during Obama. I never saw it. I don't know those people other than my granddad, who's always been kind of racist. So then I was like, all right, well, that's just not unusual. Um, I, I didn't see it come out in culture like black people were somehow more like there was an increase of uh harm being perpetrated upon black folks during um obama's reign which is kind of the that was kind of the public narrative and then likewise you would have expected like more harm to immigrants like a like greater proportion of people committing hate crimes against immigrants or um black folks or whatever and then yes certainly we've had black Lives matter movements during both obama's and trump's um Reign. Um, and then for some reason didn't continue under Biden, which I think is super weird, by the way. I mean, I think a part of that is the organization, Black Lives Matter, like being revealed as monstrously corrupt. And I think that kind of undermined the, the industry. Well, and I think when the, once they like came out, once that organization endorsed Biden, I was like, oh, it's over. I was like, they just killed, they killed the movement. And now, because we rely, and that's because that that's what people have been claiming for like six months. They were like, all this, the donations go to Act Blue, which is literally like a Democrat run Funding site, so we don't actually know where any of this money is going. Then, of course, it turned out people were taking the money and running, et cetera, et cetera. So, I think, in some ways, but I, I would assume there there certainly would have been enough cause um, after the horrific shooting at the supermarket or whatever we we could have had uh, continued movement on that. Um, but it was fascinating. But I do think re- out like uh, out out and out racism against white people certainly got more popular during Trump's era. Um, to where they abolish whiteness, uh, you know, uh, white supremacy, pop up like where, where everything you didn't like was called white supremacy, or people started saying you couldn't be racist against white people or whatever, just sort of making them some sort of exception from the concerns that we've always had as he as a as a species. Um, so in some ways, I was like, oh, it was right, it was right that he brought more racism, I think, around like during his era, but it seemed mostly directed at like the groups that he was part of. But again, that may be my own Trump derangement um, syndrome. But I saw, I remember that in your piece that you were kind of talking about it, always being there and then him him fostering it. And so, oh, that was something I wanted to ask. Because that's one of the things I've always thought was maybe a Trump derangement thing was saying that like he was somehow aiding and abetting like racists. Like I never, I never understood that. And then what? either people would, you know, cite the the Charlottesville thing or whatever. We're like, you know, good people on both sides. And then I read the transcript and I was like, he was talking about the people there to just like say, keep the statue. He literally specifically was like, obviously not the white supremacists. They should be condemned in the, the harshest terms. And they clarified it like six times, but still for a year and a half, I thought that he had called white supremacists. Like there is well, there is they're as good as the people who came and fought the white supremacists. But that's never what he said. He never said that. But that's just what I absorbed culturally until I went and like read the transcript. So I was always like, what's racist about Trump? Like Trump to me, again, because I knew him from Letterman and Pop Culture or whatever. I don't know, people rapped about him. Like they dropped him in rap lyrics. I've seen him he seems to like, I don't know, black celebrities at least. Um, I'm assuming as a as like a a bit of a rapacious capitalist that he would functionally uh, have something in his history that would slide towards uh, uh, racism, but probably more than anything, classism. Like, he, like, if you told me that Trump hated poor people, I'd be like, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But if you told me yeah. he hated black people, I'd be like, nah, I don't think so. But again, I, don't, I didn't know much about the guy. So I was, but anyway, you mentioned that in your 2016 thing. Like, why were people saying that he was going to make things more racist? Or why did they think he was racist?
0: I, I can't cite examples um and I and I agree like I think a number of things are taken out of context and kind of twisted around um and I think there are examples out there um so there's some research to do yeah I the think- only one I
1: ever found was that um there was like a there was specifically like a, a bunch of black families I believe evicted from one of his buildings at one point um but there was correlations with Class with like money problems or whatever, in which case I was like, all right, it was just a New York real estate developer, totally pardon the French, shitting on the poor. You're like, okay, well, that's, I mean, I don't think that's good. I'm not saying that's awesome, but it would not be, it would not be, it would not be unusual or like, you know, I was like, well, this doesn't, this isn't too good of an evidence to make him like a race, like somehow, especially because he'd never been like a racist guy. Like he's been in the public eye for like 30 some odd years. And I mostly know him from like, especially the past like, like five or six, seven before he ran. Um, like I know him from like smoking cigars at some like Vegas nightclub, like with Snoop Dogg or whatever. Like he's, I don't know, he's. I was like, oh, I don't, I never got the the racist thing. Just seemed weird.
0: Yeah, and and again, like, well, let's so let's let's just briefly distinguish. I know you have a pretty strict definition of racism about, yeah, a more traditional. Um, uh, where it's direct and an evidentiary or evidencible. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we're not going to go into this because we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, so I I think I think it's this bigger um, picture people paint. So the other kind of racism would be systemic racism, and if it's it's kind of like I think it depends on the whole picture to be painted. Like here's mm-hmm. this arrogant wealthy white dude who was born into a lot of wealth who i think by all accounts i'm curious what your research reveals is a pretty mm-hmm. shitty businessman um
1: i mean he's still going i mean he hasn't i think he's filed bankruptcy i believe he's filed like some sort of bankruptcy multiple times but i could be wrong about that
0: and and, and it depends on you know and yes he's still going in the way that capitalism is designed he knows yeah. he plays the game I mean, he yeah. made a whole fucking show about it. So <laughs> he totally <laughs> like, did. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, give yeah, no, him, surprises. Him no surprises, no surprises there. Give him credit for playing the game. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if, if if you just paint that big, broader picture, yeah, and I mean, I don't know, I don't sort of like his personality. I don't imagine I would like meeting him. Um, and so in this broader picture, I think it's painted that he must uh, contribute to systemic racism and his policies therefore would contribute to systemic racism yeah. and that's where i actually want to do a bit more research than i have just because i feel like i think that's probably where the the greatest contradiction is i'm guessing
2: yeah
0: of, of what was his actual impact as a president on things we care about um yeah yeah life life affirming things i think that's something you and i agree on
1: yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: And versus sort of the 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 break the broader spectacle of of just painting this picture that he's this and this is particularly through the woke lens, right? It's like he's just a fucking poster child for like everything the, yeah. the everything that's you know anti woke. So yeah, yeah. Once you're I in that movie, you're you're yeah. done. I mean, it's just you know.
1: Yeah. There's no. Scary. Well, yeah. There's no. I think that's one of the hard things with this sort of almost intersectional worldview is then there's no, there's no absolution, really. The only absolution is sort of continual, it's kind of old school, right? It's sort of continual self-abasement and kind of almost like a a form of like, uh, what's the, sort of form of consistent apology if you're sort of born as a Brahmin or whatever, like... um, yeah. It's like, it's, it's that Hinduism system, but then instead of being on the top and being like, yes, this means I'm blessed by God. It actually means you kind of have something to apologize for sort of generally, but you can't really ever get out of it. Cause you can't really change. Well, except for in the realms of gender identity, right. You can, is the only, is your only exit to, for absolution. Cause then you can just say that you're a thing that puts you all of a sudden back in the privileged category. So you don't have to apologize as much, but other than that, you're kind of stuck in it. Once you're, once you're kind of, Identified as such. But the thing that was interesting too, because then this is one of the things that convinced me that TDS was real, was then Biden was elected and he's a very wealthy politician for 40 years, helped engineer the, pr- the prison industrial complex, talked about not wanting to turn our schools into like urban jungles. Uh, has referred to black people as cockroaches, little black kids, cockroaches. Sort of compared them to cockroaches. We know that he said, "If you ain't black, you don't you, you, you don't black if you don't vote for me." Uh, he was a seg- school segregationist, um, really in terms of busing. To be perfectly clear about things, but he was. Um, he he <laughs> he's a he's a white man. He's an old white man. So then he came in, functionally doing so many of the same things that Trump did. But just in like a le- he's not like quite as blowhardy, like he's yeah. got like a different he has a different like um, tempo or energy. But he's doing all the same things. So you've got like and whatever he gave her a eulogy at a former KKK, uh, uh, the head of KKK's uh, funeral. Like we know all this stuff, right? We know he's a segregationist. We know all this stuff. Like so, then you have all this actual evidence. And if if slavery continues in the prison system, then he was a huge part of that as like an adamant like advocate for the crime bill so you actually have so much more evidence that he is all those bad things that people call trump which is fine call trump those things for the reasons you want to but then you have to apply it to biden as well you have to be like significantly disappointed and you have to feel cr- your mom has to cry when biden beats uh kamala harris in the primaries uh when he beats um what are the lady from hawaii uh, who's like an independent now oh yeah
0: uh, she was yeah. the love lady, yeah, was great.
1: Yeah, who Russian, uh, also Hillary didn't like her and accused her of being a Russian plant, which is hilarious. That's like her go-to, dude. Um, anyway, so like Biden trounced multiple, uh, Marion Williamson, he trounced multiple super capable, interesting, vibrant, talented, charismatic women in order to get like the nomination. Um, he's a white guy. He had multiple sexual harassment suits that were brought up multiple times throughout the primaries, including by Kamala Harris, who who brought it up herself, like multiple debates. So you have all these same things. You have the white guy crushing women. Uh, even in both cases, in like two of the cases, they're like minority marginalized women. Um, Segregation is proof. Uh, KKK involvement. Mil- prison industrial complex. Not to mention now he's president and the military industrial complex like is booming in a way that it wasn't. Previously, we weren't in two wars during Trump. Maybe that's just because he was bad at negotiating wars with other people. I don't know, but that we weren't. So we have all these like very obvious harms, most of which speak to all the same concerns that you're talking about, but people aren't complaining the same or the same people aren't complaining. So then I was like, well, wait a second. So you never actually had my, my, this is my assumption. This could be incorrect. I was like, this is why TDS is real. I was like, for some reason, it only bothers you when it's Trump, even if he doesn't do it as bad as other people. And that blow, then, then that point, I was like, okay, well, people just aren't thinking clearly. And I don't, and then I don't know why, but it just doesn't make, that doesn't make any logical sense because he did all the things. And why weren't people crying about, why didn't people cry about it when Biden did it? Who did all those terrible, like terrible things that we all know about? Like they're on NBC. It's not like, oh, you have to look up a thing, you know what I mean? But like NBC News, they talked about it in the primaries, all the sexual assault stuff. Like, so that was like on CNN, like on, you know what I mean? So I was just like, I was like, I don't, I don't understand it. So then all the sadness, like your mom's tears about him beating Hillary, you were just like, okay, well, did you cry about it when Biden like whooped those girls up?" And if you didn't, then I think your tears are kind of crocodile-y or you just weren't paying any attention, which then is like, but then, okay, but if you weren't paying attention, then were your tears legitimate? This is the whole thing we've talked about a ton though, where it's like, I can recognize your response as a legitimate response you're genuinely feeling, but is it a legitimate response in reaction to reality? Or is it delusion, you know?
0: well yeah by 2020 i mean not to mention because we were I mean, maybe as we've i think revealed especially liberals were absolutely mired in just a a panic about the virus and the pandemic at that time yeah um so that i think just fueled and fanned all manner of fear and so i mean the message in 2020 which is the one i'm starting to see already for this election coming up yeah now in 2024 is is basically like this election is about the very nature and future of our democracy and like like trump is a threat to democracy that's a pretty yeah
1: it's fascinating right yeah it's yeah. a weird that's so weird like why isn't i mean biden presided over multiple constitutional amendments being overridden. he's he's literally behind the the most massive, I think, controversial, uh, like overreach into American civil rights since the Patriot Act, if not even exceeding the Patriot Act, right? And we all have the evidence. Nowadays, we all have the evidence. We can all click and read all the court documents from Missouri versus Biden. Oh, I think they renamed the case recently, which is a branding coup for Biden. But like, so he's he's been actively censoring him. Oh, like they took
0: his name out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Uh, not Missouri versus Biden anymore. It's like something, it's something versus something. It's like a different. I I can't remember what they renamed it, but it just happened in the past like couple months or whatever. And I was like, I don't know how they managed to squeeze that one out. So it's just like uh, that threatens democracy, right? I mean, he did an unconstitutional mandate where he tried to get literally millions of people fired from their jobs unless they took the drug that the one of the companies that funded his. Uh, inauguration made you're just like all right well we we have it, you can be concerned about trump and this is my my claim always i was like there's plenty of reasons that i because i've i've researched him to a degree that i was like oh, okay i don't like these things these are concerning so i especially don't he's far too blithe about environmental protection it's probably my biggest like ding yeah, against I agree it because yeah. um, he's just like free market free market corporate like yeah. capitalism it'll figure itself out and you're like yeah. eh, sometimes dude we gotta we gotta do some stuff we, um, don't,
0: we don't have a million years to rebuild that glacier or that. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: It's a bad that's, example. The glaciers are melting. But anyway, that that preserve or that mountain. or that.
1: Yeah, glacier. yeah. Like this is like, I don't know. That's just, him. that's one of the, to me, one of the biggest dings against him. But if you're going to be mad about those things, like those are the reasons, even if you tell yourself those are the reasons, you have to be mad when other people do those things. Don't you? I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that just be, isn't that definably, at least what we used to call, that would definitely be hypocrisy like, if you yeah, like this, it,
0: is, if you, this yeah. is where i mean i know i've spent years kind of crawling out of identity, identity politics of just like oh i'm going to vote this way because i've always voted this way or because i believe in this party and you've helped with some of that this this our exploration here has helped with some of that um just just to realize gosh that's actually really a dangerously lazy way to approach politics um like most things, we we come. Into. Do your <laughs> yeah. do your homework. Do your homework. Try to understand things best you can. Reason it out. Have real yeah. conversations. Have debates. Right. Have like let's have yeah, real yeah. debates and sharpen our our swords as we as we are attempting to do here. Yeah. Um. So, you know, for me, I I no, I don't I don't know that they question it. I think there's certain people yeah. who are just so you know connect. So attached to, if I vote for the Democrat, this will all be set straight, and yeah. we, you know. So in a weird way, it's like an implicit "Make America Great Again." I mean, that's what's
1: it is. Kind of oh, mind, it's yeah. mind-boggling
0: to me. Um, and this, I mean, the other day. build
1: build back better is the. I mean, it's like you're, you're saying the same basic thing because you're not, you know. <laughs> it's like triple B and MAGA or whatever. I was like, I I don't understand how people are like. Oh well, that's that's it's not a world of difference. It's the same. We're saying the same basic message, build back, right? You're, okay, so you're you're building it. You're doing better. He says, great. What are you talking about building? You're obviously talking about the country. So you're obviously talking about America and you're talking about build it back. So you're restoring it to a previous thing. So that's an again. You're like, this is the same message. <laughs> they just don't have hats, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they have hats. I, I've never seen anyone wearing a, a BBB hat. But yeah, but, but then I want to ask though, like, so then calling this TDS is sort of like glib. But as the more time, the more and more people I've talked to, and the, and even just watching takes that I view as like objectively hypocritical, that I was like, is it like, is it a real syndrome? Meaning like, is this, like, is this a diagnosable? Is this a version of a diagnosable mental illness? Like I would say, now I'm I'm not really super pro national or patriotic or whatever, so I think like people who are super patriotic, I think is almost like a mental illness personally. And so I'm putting it in the same category that I was like, if you were so hardcore Republican that you'll just vote for a Republican no matter what, I'd be like, I think that's weird. Right. And I I would assume most Democrats would be like, that's brain, They're brainwashed. They have a problem. So then you have to think the same thing about yourself and your party as well. So then like, is that a like, is, is that a, is that, would it be even reasonable to kind of refer to that as like a syndrome in a non joking way? Like, is that, is that a mental illness? Is that, is that an inability to process reality? Which I think fun, functioning mental illnesses are.
0: The most favorable explanations I have are, are you know, I, a lot of times it's just inherited. I mean, that's, that's my story. Yeah. You know, a yeah, lot, yeah. I think we talked about that where it's like just questioning gently, yeah. questioning yeah. a lot. With things and ideas that, that i inherited including basically being a multi-generation family of card-carrying democrats
2: yeah yeah
0: um and and you know we talk quite a bit in our styles like i'm i'm not the best researcher i mean it's it's you're 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 pretty prolific in that way and so it's challenging i think for people like me who are maybe more feelers than researchers to sure. really find truth and and make a decision yeah yeah and i'm not suggesting everybody who votes on one one party ticket is just voting on feelings but i think that's 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 a lot of what governs this and that's come up in a lot of our conversations that seems to govern a lot of things um
1: yeah and that seems like gangster stuff to me like that's to me that's like subtle gangster stuff whereas like and what i mean by gangster is like at least in my brain like i picture maybe having grown up around boston you know we're like Gangs, actually, you know, like organized crime kind of still sort of existed. And I was assumed it was somehow interwoven with politics. And you can imagine like back in the day or whatever, like Whitey Bulger, like sending his goons around like a South Boston neighborhood and being like, hey, everybody here, unless you want trouble, you're voting for this guy. Okay. Just that's what you do. That's what we're all doing. We're a family, right? We're a family. We're going to all vote together. We're all just going to do this thing. And so I was like, if you can get people to just do that to themselves. And just be like, well, we've all got to stick together because we all, this is like, we're a family. And we got to do this. And I'm like, oh, you've sort of, in some ways, I guess you got gangstered by propaganda potentially or like a media thing or propagandized by people around you. But basically, you got gangstered without even getting like the free turkey at Thanksgiving off the back of a truck. But again, I'm an, I'm a, this is also my bias. As I've said before, I'm a registered independent and I'm like, I find like party adherence like sort of disturbing i mean even if i adheres to independence like i wouldn't just like only vote for independence either i'm like i don't want to oh. you know you gotta i gotta vote for every every i'm gonna vote for i don't care what party you're part of i will vote for i think I vote, i'm probably not every single party but i have voted for most of a lot of the parties that are out there even the small you know i voted green party before um republicans democrats independents i don't care Oh, freedom! What was that? The freedom and solidarity? No, freedom and solidarity party. I can't remember what Brian T. Carroll's party was that I voted for president last time, but I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't, I don't care. But again, I'm not trying I'm not super try. I moved a lot as a kid, so maybe I'm. I don't tend towards that tribal feely thing. Whereas I know you, you stayed in a couple of places, right, for kind of good little extended runs. So in some ways, you build like a sense of community, and then there is more of a sense of, hey, we're doing this together. And again, I understand that. That's really the whole principle behind like being really cautious about immigration and not just letting anyone in because we need some degree of tribal homogeny in order to function as a system, right? Um, so you do need, like, again, I'm not, I am actually anti, anti-assimilationist, you know what I mean? When you have know, people come over and you expect them to just become Americans, you're like, yeah, that's like our whole deal. You come from wherever, you just, all you have to do is you become a hyphenate married person, you get to keep your old name and you put a dash an American after it, and then you become whatever that is. So you bring your old culture, but you also become American. And then we we all have the American in common and the other stuff not in common, but we have that commonality that keeps us unified as a tribe. I was like, I don't know. I, think, I always thought that was, as a kid, I thought I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. You know, I, I grew up like thinking America was a corrupt and like uh, mischievous country. And I stopped saluting the frag or standing for the anthem when I was probably like 12 or 13. And so I've had a lifetime of that. But I get the unity. The, I was always like, oh, I thought that was cool that you could be, be from anywhere and you just do dash American and you no one expects you to like, you must be French. When you come to France, you must be French. It's like, no, you can be that, but then be this too. Let's just be both. Let's be together. It's like a marriage.
0: That, that, is, that is beautiful. I agree with that. Um, I'm reminded of this book by Howard Ross, Our Search for Belonging, How Our Need to Connect is Tearing Us Apart. Oh, He talks quite a bit about Yeah. tribalism, And it's, it's a, it's a quiet Yeah, It seems like the the tighter we into our tribe. And I thought, I've thought about this for years. Like, it seems like one of the natural consequences of being part of a tribe Mm. is being susceptible. Now we have a choice here, but being susceptible to the human tendency to other and to make ourselves better because we've already chosen this tribe. So we... a a less mature i would say way to sort of go about it is to need to reinforce the betterness of this tribe we've chosen yeah and therefore therefore reinforce that we made a good choice yeah yeah by by othering and at a minimum maybe just saying oh we're better or "We're, we're separate but then obviously at the other end of that spectrum is all out war and and you know uh total total destruction
1: yeah I think that's one of the reasons wars happen. Obviously, because I'm a Christian, I'm like, why Why does God let war happen? You know, it's like, I mean, especially I would say the war in Gaza is Good kind of, question. especially, especially yeah. sad sad and tragic. But I think that's one of the one of the rational reasons, even just from a human perspective, like not even having to get to the divine, divine mind in a sort of transcendent way. You're like, it just makes a lot of practical sense because we need to know who we are as a species. So if we stop doing, if we just stop doing that, my assumption, we're going to just do it elsewhere sicker grosser just like the same way we got we abolished slavery right but supposedly reportedly according to people who monitor these sorts of things this is just expert you know opinion data that there are more slaves now than there have ever been throughout human history so it's like all right we can see who we are right and it's good i think especially in our country presently with this tribalistic instinct to look over there and be like palestinians and israelis dude this is not that far off from the like the Hutus in Rwanda like starting to kill their neighbors. You're like, y'all are not that different. You have a ton of genetic material in common. Like y'all are from a lot of the same stock somewhere like it, or at least at the very least, you're like a couple thousand, you know, a couple thousand miles separated from whatever the more Arab based stock was or even hundreds of miles, right? So you're a different people group to some degree. Yes, it's in there. but we're we're so alike, y'all. y'all are cousins at the very least. and we're all related whether you're a creationist or an evolutionist, that we all came ultimately from some, or some someone swapped over from into hominid, right? Where we all came from Adam and Eve, but like, so we're all related. So then this whole idea of this constant, yeah, like weird strangeness of division, we can see where it leads and we need to know that. Like we need to see that because we forget that. This is like why we teach history and history of wars so often. You're like, we need to remember how bad it can get quickly. If, the, if we do that, right? And it may not even quickly might mean multiple generations, but then you raise multiple generations thinking of that person over there who looks a lot like them, maybe even smells a little bit like them. It's like, no, but they're like, they hate us. And I see that so often or online, of course, that like people are just like, yep, MAGA people, they hate immigrants. They hate black people. They hate queer people. You're like, what? you don't realize how Israel-Palestine this is? Yeah, the Jews, they hate Palestinians. All they want to do is crush us and get rid of us. You know what the Palestinians? They all hate Jews. All they want to do is wipe us off the earth. It's like, you're saying the same stuff, guys. And we actually have way less evidence for this than than Israel and Palestine does because people have been dying there on like on both sides of those borders and people have been hurting each other for like a very long time. Whereas here, we don't even have the type of evidence, that type of evidence of tribal conflict actually existing. So it feels like we're trying to like cotton it up like we're trying to make it happen in a way and it makes that makes me sad
0: yeah and <laughs> yeah there in the in the book uh, the dawn of everything mm-hmm. I learned this term schismogenesis. I think I mentioned oh yeah yeah it's a really fun word to say um,
2: so much fun
0: highly recommend it and um, but it's you know anything from like you know two kids who who start to develop different identities and different qualities yeah. as, as in op- funny. i would say as opposite it's not necessarily in opposition
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: funny distinction but like sort of yeah. as as to be the opposite to distinguish ourselves and our own identity based on not being like what we see out there um, yeah. they mentioned and this is particularly interesting to me with all of my work you know here in in, in america about racism and and what. Well, colonization in particular, tracing back to two uh, American Indian tribes, I think one in California, what is now California and one in Oregon, you know, one, and like you said, like basically, as far as we can tell, sharing a lot of DNA, sort of the same regions, at least on the West Coast, but close enough regions, but one being very, very peaceful and one being, one literally having enslaved people. Yeah, long before the Europeans got here, so I'm not yeah. in little. I don't know if I have to copy <laughs> up <I'm> on <laughs> this show. <I'm laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Not saying it's what the Europeans did was great by any stretch, uh but also I think we we sort of don't often look at the whole picture, and I think that's yeah. one thing I have in common. The one thing you bring up Palestine, and I think that is a that is becoming an extraordinarily challenging intersection for Biden. Sure, which, when you've got the woke camps. Full, full on pro Palestine at this point. Um yeah. which is basically make them making them fairly anti Biden in his yeah. just adamant, you know, pro Israeli stance, all the way down to pumping billions of dollars in, which I know from our text that's something neither of us agree with
1: is no. it's funding
0: for. Yeah.
1: It's a terrible idea. What's this constant? It's this constant thing of like spending and I, it's annoying to be an adult. I feel like this is such an adult thing to pay attention to, but it's like after, I think it just wears you down. You pay taxes for so long that eventually you're just like, dude, you have so much of my money. And like, what are you doing with it? Like, wait, I don't want that. Like how do I pay for things? And I get to earmark, like, how do I not have a line item veto on how you spend my damn cash? So like, And you just get madder and madder a little bit over, I do, over time. I was like, stop that. Stop that out. No. Like if you were going to just, like the same thing, whatever. If I meet an unhoused individual who asks for something, I don't really tend to give people money. I try not to ever really give anybody money. But like I was like, oh, if you approach me, like if we're close to a place, you want some food, I'll get you food or whatever. Like, are you hungry? I was like, do you need a blanket? Like, do you need something? I'm not going to give you money because I don't know what you're going to do with the money. And I feel like the government is like that. They act like our government is like, not even just unhoused, but they're like, it's kind of schizophrenic and violent. And they're going to use the money for bad things. Like, I know it, like at some point they're going to use it for bad, and they are, because they keep using it for bad things. And then no one really ever gets any justification for it. That's the thing that drives me crazy. Like, wait, why are we giving, why did we give Ukraine money? Basically because we got them them in the war? It becomes
0: monopoly money. It's Billions, trillions. Yeah, mean, yeah. Nobody we can gave, really comprehend yeah. what that is. you
1: know. No, and we gave trillions here to people here, and you're like, oh, that's kind of better. It's like, but you gave it away because you shut the country down, which you never should have done. I mean, that's what, that's the number one reason I would never, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I haven't ever voted for Trump and never plan to vote for him, but like he started the lockdowns, and I was like, that's one of the worst policy decisions in my lifetime. So I got nothing. No, I got nothing for you, buddy. Like, I, no, like you, I can't vote for you. I can't vote for Biden because he was like, he was basically like Trump, but worse. So then, but but also, this is the funny thing. You were talking about the, let me just loop back to tribes. In that, that is my general like disposition. I feel lonely sometimes. You know what I mean? There are other people who think like me in the world or whatever, you know, and, and whatever, independents are the largest, is the largest group in the United States, but we're not, I actually don't think independents are actually super talkative online, at least anyway, or even out in per, out in person. So I mean, like, Half
0: I of can, them don't vote, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're just like, no, I'm. the system sucks. Uh, I'll just pay my money and not pay attention to how you use it. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's a, weird, it's a weird thing. I think, again, but the one good thing about it is people can see, at least all the, like you were saying, the woke folks who are down, who are like pro-Palestine, um, adamantly so, that you're seeing the same stuff that Trump dealt with for two years, where it's like Hillary is calling you like Russian influenced, like you're falling, you're fall. If you're pro-Palestine, you're fault. You've really fallen under Russian influence. Right. And for two years, they were like, he didn't win the election. He won it because of Russian interference. Right. They essentially did a, an election denying campaign for two plus years. So. And then Trump denied his election for actually just a shorter amount of time. Again, he just, he did the same stuff that other people do. He just did it. Like usually he just, say, he just says it in a grosser way. He's a more, but he's more plain spoken person, which I actually kind of appreciate. Like, I don't feel like, like when Trump lies, I'm like, it's to me, A, most of the time it's so obvious. <laughs> and then B, you're like, he's a bluffing blowhard who just like says, ridiculous. like I'm the best. How many times he's referred to them as the best at something, the greatest at something. You're like, this guy is, he's like a decathlete, I guess. He could just do anything. Like he's a genius he- level decathlete. There's nothing he can't do.
0: He's a character of himself. I mean, he I mean, is
1: I, yeah that's his, he's got a character remarkable. yeah he's got he's um, got a gig that's how he keeps the gig going it's very it's that that's i mean that part i think is is very funny but yeah well, it is a weird it is a weird thing now because i'm still seeing a ton of uh like mad at biden but even the people who are like oh, we're mad at biden but obviously you could never vote we have to keep trump out of office and then i'm like well wait a second no people are dying and you're like it's this guy's fault like, ultimately, one of the best things Flippin' Trump did was to, like, chill, at least chill some stuff out in the Middle East. One could say that it was still a pro-Israel move. The Abraham Accords are definitely, like, favoring Israel. But it cools tensions, and which means then hopefully more people would feel united who didn't feel united previously. And hopefully that could actually help. That that would be the goal long term. That you could actually kind of negotiate our way. We could diplomacy enter our way uh, out of these tensions by enhancing regional uh homogeny, at least in terms of like dealing with each other as as equals and not trying to like hope for the other's destruction, which is pro- like, I don't know, that's like a peace progressy thing. So A, I was like, ha, and so are you seeing that the, your circles as well though, where is there any, is there still the like, but we have to stop Trump no matter what?
0: Oh my, are you kidding me? That's like all I see.
1: Yeah, so then, but that doesn't really make any logical sense. Like that to me, you're like, well, wait a second. If this thing's so important, and it wasn't this bad under Trump. And Trump actually did like the most notable thing uh in the region, like in actually quite a long time, then to, to bring to try to bring some regional peace. Now, of course, that I understand the problems with it. We can talk about that separately, but like um yeah, I just don't understand. That's the thing that constantly confuses me. And it constantly confuses me in the realm of like, well, wait, are you not really concerned about this then? Like, is this wait, does not really bother, like you seem pretty bothered about it and I think you should be bothered about what's happening in Gaza, then, but it doesn't bother you enough that you would like change your any of your tribal, again, that seems deranged to me. That seems like a Trump derangement syndrome where it was like, okay, but think of the worst things that could happen if Trump got elected again. And you're like, but what are you talking about? Like, it's so much worse now. Like people are broker. There's two, there's multiple wars. Like, I I don't even know what functioning like as a human in the world, that we get we, segregation returned open segregation returned to the united states of america that's to be the peak of awful, awfulness so then like how what, I, what I sort think, of what how could it be worse i mean I'm, i know it can be listen i know anything can get worse but
0: well uh, and i think this goes back to you know trump being a threat to democracy
2: um, yeah yeah
0: and that's the best i can and can look at and you, you know, know i think there's, there was plenty of evidence that and I, I think i even mentioned this in the article and then we saw it throughout Trump's presidency. Mm. I mean, he 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 poked and pushed and stretched and broke everything he could. I mean, he was like a bull in china closet. <laughs> and I'm not I don't even think that's entirely a bad thing. I mean I mean stress testing our democracy. Because I yeah. I think one yeah. of the things we realized was, oh oh wow, like a lot of the things we take for granted were were kind of etiquette based more than like policy-based. Yeah. Like oh, there's just a certain yeah. way you you do you know, and he he wasn't going to leave the office peacefully, and yeah, you know yeah. it turned out to be more of a show. And um, I think we've just got to pay attention to how much of his stuff is is for show. And, yeah. and, it, and it works, it works. I mean, he he really yeah. knows how to rally people up. Um, yeah. So I was wondering, one of the things around that whole piece, of, I think it was the last thing you sent me about Trump being a threat to democracy was about the yep. third party vote be throwing your vote away so you just talked about being independent now I don't yeah. I don't I don't abide by that I think that's total horseshit. because it's like I think yeah I think it's, oh, you, I think you're it's you're evil. trying you're telling me on the one hand that you want to yeah. that he's a threat to our democracy and you're also advocating for me <laughs> to vote out of pure fear yeah and not not vote for what I believe in which to me would hopefully be the absolute hallmark of democracy.
1: I would hope so, right? Yeah, you're literally saying, but that's what people have been saying. This is why I think it's deranged, right? They've been saying, essentially, like, it doesn't matter what we have to do. Journalists openly are like, we can't do journalism the same anymore because of Trump. So journalists have openly been like, the this whole like objectivity thing and getting, talking to people on both sides. Like we have, in order to beat Trump, we have to do this, right? There was insider, Like whatever like expert opinion meaning people who worked at cnn who said that was cnn's like whole goal was basically to like get trump out and then once they got trump out they were gonna focus on turn to climate change right they always need some form of alarmism to kind of fuel people clicking or watching their their channel um especially nowadays when cnn doesn't like gets paltry ratings compared to podcasts or whatever we've also seen that with the the legal system right where uh, you know, a state court found Trump guilty of a federal crime, which he'd never been charged based on just allegations. <laughs> the whole country away. You know what I mean? Like when Colorado and the DC. So something happened over there. He was never charged with crime. But Colorado is like, you're off the ballot because you obviously inc- participated in incited insurrection. Never been charged with it. So they're inventing. I was like, I don't understand that. That's That's not a way more potent threat to democracy than anything else, than anything Trump did, I was like, I don't because that's again. But I'm an objective guy, so I'm like, well, there's, there's There's look, there's there's better evidence here, like uh, for for this thing. So that's the thing I don't understand. Like what, how, what sort of, what threat to democracy does he? I mean, like he he blustered a ton. Did he deny the election on? I think crappy evidence. Yes. Did the Democrats do that for two years with the whole Russiagate thing? Crappy evidence? Yes. So that's pretty de rigueur. He left the office on exactly the day he was supposed to. I don't think it was delayed one hour. He left when he he was done. He's running for president again on votes. They're just going to be voting again for these same two people. I don't know what... I And I don't... He didn't do... it. As far as I know, he didn't do anything during his whole tenure that somehow, like, flipped democracy on its head or like undermined democracy in any substantive way that was not already taking place right you could do you could talk about redistricting or gerrymandering or whatever but i was like okay that's happened that's not like a novel trump thingy that's democrats republicans constantly doing that trying to like redistrict so then they can have that they can claim that district i think it's gross um but i barely understand it i'm not involved in local politics so but I was just like, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, how could you, how could you make that claim, and who would believe that claim? Again, in any sense, meaning Trump somehow is more a threat to democracy than Biden is. Like, I don't, like, whatever. We, we just fired on people in Iraq. Like, he's he's going to he's he seems like I he's, trying he's... To start start wars without Congress's Congress's approval. He violated. Well, that's, that's it. I've I've, you know? I've heard people
0: yeah. say he's 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 come out and said he will be a dictator on day one. And I, I don't know. I haven't. Done, I don't know. Have you ever, have he you did. Seen-
1: yeah. He said, I'm going to be a dictator on day one. Uh, Drill, baby, drill and thing. What did he say? He literally said that. Um, He said it partially joking. He said he was going to, and by being a dictator, he said he was going to do two things. I can't remember. What it was drill, baby, drill and one other thing. So you're like, all right. But yeah, the crazy thing is people ran with that and they're like, <clears throat> you pull it, you pull a poll quote and you're like, see, he's going to be a dictator. He said only day one. He said for one day. Okay, I'll be a dictator for one day. For one day, I'll do it for one day. You're like, all right. So, okay, like Biden tried to be a dictator and force millions of people to take a product they most tenably probably had no need for whatsoever, or he would fire them, which was ruled to be unconstitutional. So wait a second, Trump. Trump never messed with people to that degree, anyone, anywhere. So it was just like. That's the thing. I just I was like, it doesn't make any. How is he? A, that's pretty dictatorial, right? And he tried to do it. It Took like six months for the courts to stop him doing it. He, as yeah, a dictator, but again,
0: like that's not in. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I should make a chart, which will yeah. reveal, I think, some of this hypocrisy. I think on the left, I guess. I don't even know what side to call it, frankly, because yeah, because you, know. the the intersections are becoming a bit convoluted, as we've talked about quite a bit. Um, yeah people, I'll just say the left for convenience, but sort of the, the circles I'm more in, like none of that's on their radar. Like they don't think the ma- the vaccine mandates or masks or any of that were were bad. In fact, they, at this point, many of them might think that's why we're quote out of the yeah. pandemic. I mean, that's the narrative I think that's been spun. Yeah. somewhat Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's funny. I mean, I just look at Australian data today. I don't know what it is in the U.S., but people aren't doing stuff anymore. Like in Australia, they had like 95% vaccinated in the first round. But now it's something like three or 6%, I think. 6% of the population is up to date based on the recommendations of all the same organizations. And it's the same here, thing in this country. So it's like those people, I, I think anyone who said that, I don't know anybody who's up to date on their vaccines anymore. So then I don't think they believe, they think it's actually good because they're not doing it almost nobody is doing it functionally. Like it's gone down to like single digits from mm. 70%. So then even- they-
0: and, and I can validate that just, just anecdotally. Yeah. Like I don't I don't hear anybody talking about going to get their vaccine shot anymore. And that, no. that, was, a big, that was a big fucking deal for a while. Like, it, oh, it was a I'm going to deal. get my shot. Yeah. They,
1: thought it was, they thought it was evil when Trump did it. Then when Biden was in, then it was somehow safe, even though it's the same vaccine. And now two and a half years later, it's not a big deal if you don't do it. Like that to me is, that is mental illness. Like that's- crazy. That's, that's, that. there's no, there's no thing scenario where that makes any like logical sense. And so this is the thing to me, this is what I've started to realize. TDS is real to me. The people who are like, Trump is a threat to democracy are as crazy. I'm just going to use the word crazy. They're as full on crazy as the people who think Trump is like the QAnon style. They're QAnon levels of crazy. They think Trump is like the savior like he's literally going to like get into office. He's going to like get rid of all, he's going to discover, he's going to put all the pedophiles in government in prison. He's going to save the country. He's been appointed by God for this time to be this warrior. You know, they have like velvet paintings of him on their wall or whatever. They have memes of him like shirtless, like in, a, in front of an army. You know what I mean? Those people have Trump derangement syndrome where they literally think he's some sort of Messiah. Those people are nuts. Now I think people on the left would generally agree those people are nuts. So hey, we yeah. have common ground. But Fair the enough. thing is if you're saying Trump is a threat to democracy and you you're not saying the same thing about, let's say Biden, for example, since they're running against each other, that's you're as crazy as that. You're like that level of crazy. And this is I just say is a good thing it's a good thing to know. Like it's good to know where we're crazy as people. I don't say that like you're I'm not othering you. I'm just saying, oh, you're like you're you literally do not have the you can't rationally function in the world as relates to these these things but that's just again but that, that's just based on evidence and perception that's not my feeling and again because i'm not part of any tribe i don't necessarily i have neither the positive or negative aspects of that to like glom onto you know yeah. and i come from boston we're calling your family members crazy is de rigueur it's not it's not it's not hateful doesn't mean anything it, just, it doesn't mean i hate you at all not even a little bit.
0: I'm probably slow to notice this, or maybe it was out before and I forgot. But you know this this meme, or I mean, it's basically an ad from the Democrats with Biden's yeah. red eyes. <laughs> yes. So I'm just, just kind of like, I I don't exactly know where that came from, but I'm like, it just feels like, um, like wow, we're just putting the crazy out in front. I mean, I don't I don't know yeah. what.
1: Yeah, it sells. So that oh, oh yeah, to. so that was a reference to dark. That's like dark Brandon which is like this character that people talk about Biden online. Oh, yeah, yeah. That he's like, like, remember when he did that speech where he basically called what it felt like to most people, he called half the country a threat to democracy. He was like MAGA Republicans. He was like, not all Republicans, but anybody who voted for Trump is technically would be lumped into like that. I mean, that was his slogan. So it's anybody voted for Trump, so pretty much half the voting population, 47 million or whatever it was, 48 million people, he pretty much called a threat to democracy in a presidential address. And it was lit really red. It was like super dark in the background with red things. Oh, okay. and people were like, this is the most Hitler-y stuff we've ever seen from an American president. Like this looks like a night, like a nightmare thing. So it kind of developed into this dark Brandon thing. For those who don't know, Brandon is what people call Biden. The Let's go, Brandon. Is basically a form of saying F you, Biden, with but you can get past the censors. Anyway, so that was a dark Brandon meme that had already gone around. And it was uh, specifically making as big a deal as possible about this theory amongst uh, some deranged and some normal people uh, on the right that the Super Bowl was kind of uh, part of the Democrats' plan to uh, win the vote. So, that, because Taylor Swift. Like a noted like Democrat and arguably one of the most influential people in our culture, Man. starts dating the guy on the Chiefs. Who they're like, oh, they're going to make sure the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, so then they can they can supercharge Taylor Swift's influence. And she happens to be dating the guy who did a bunch of ads for Pfizer for Pfizer's COVID vaccine, which is a super healthy guy. And doesn't make any logical sense. So that got people thinking. They're like, oh, wait, this is all manip- manipulated. Pfizer paid him. $20 million dollars and he paid biden six million dollars and blah, blah 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 and though so it was this big thing that was like we know the chiefs are even going to win the super bowl because that's how the democrats want it so basically it was this vast conspiracy theory i'm sure with some elements of of uh absolute fans uh, flights of fancy involved um so that's where they were mm-hmm. posting it he was saying basically i can't remember what the tag was it was something like exactly like i planned it mm-hmm. so they were like oh they were mocking they were mocking him as like master manipulator evil
0: it's, it's hilarious like how how much of that is lost on folks who aren't following the i don't know how what did it take you three minutes to explain all that it's, i mean i think i think <laughs> yeah. i think so many people are so checked out and so just like i don't even know what game you're playing
2: <laughs> yeah um, yeah
0: the there's i know we got to heaven for landing there's yeah. two, two quick uh anecdotes all will weave in. so um the other day i was with with folks um you know i'm as we've talked about we i'm doing a lot of work um related to palestine and israel and particularly this was actually developing a, a fundraiser to deliver groceries to people in the west bank of palestine it's like hopefully we can all agree on that they haven't worked in four months yeah and anyway i was talking to some of my colleagues and you know one was very distraught about all of that and she and she said like can't i, I think it was something like you know when can we go back to being good again hmm. And I was like, "Gosh, I mean, I you you got there much earlier than me at twelve years old, but I've I've developed a pretty cynical view of of America, the colonizer." Um, and and, yeah. and and it was funny. My reaction was, you know, I said something like, "Well, let's just all get go get some mega hats." Yeah. And then a, another colleague, and bless her heart, because I I, I want to actually be this voice more often. I truly do. She yeah. was just like, you know, let's let's not. Well, and she phrased it like let's not do what Israel is doing um
2: yeah
0: and sort of make make the other wrong or sort of go low as as one campaign would say right yeah um, yeah which which has a few like tentacles to it um but mm-hmm. the funny thing was I wasn't so my mere mention of MAGA hats was yeah. immediately construed as the fuck Trump thing yeah kind of like well, that wasn't it. I was. I just thought it was funny that my colleague, who I love and trust, sort of made this bizarre comment that America was. We, we, i was like, God, it was. It was meant to say, "When were we the good guys?" And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I don't. You know, I think "Make America Great Again" is kind of silly in that way. And and
1: yeah, or make America you know, good again. I mean, literally, it's what she was saying: "Make America good again."
0: It's, exactly, exactly. It's an ac- and, it's an acronym. And there's something in there. I think. That actually may be an important clue to the to the perception that Trump is racism and promoting systemic racism. Because yeah. the, the the implication there uh, for a lot of us is is what he's talking about. It is like let's go back to like, I don't know, the fifties when like the white, you know, post-World War II white yeah. nuclear American family was just given basically all these resources and access to college and all kinds of stuff. That started building generational wealth um i think that's the the perception of what the what mega means
1: yeah yeah uh, it's that ba- it's that bad faith assumption that's othering though in and of itself right this is the thing yeah. i've been trying to do we talked about this and i've I, even over the past five or six months i think spurred by our conversations it's like not only do i need to really seek to understand what parts of these different arguments different perspectives are based in reality or intuition or unreality or whatever but then also seek to really do my best to steal man any position i'm opposed to or anything i kind of get a bad feeling about if i my intuition says this is bad let me figure out a way to be like what's the strongest argument for what they're doing whereas a straw man right is to like put forth the weakest argument and just be like they hate like the weakest argument is like republicans hate hate black people republicans hate gay people or whatever right you know what i mean that's the weakest that's the weakest argument, right? Like when I said the vaccine mandates were a hate-based endeavor, that's because I looked at six or seven other arguments that I thought were tenable and then realized they have no evidence for them. And I was like, okay, well, now I'm left with the one because they said these hateful things, which are hate, like openly hateful. And then they did this thing. So now you can say that. But like, there's this instinct to just be like, oh, bad faith, bad faith. They don't. They're they're a threat. They think these things that are bad. They think these things that are bad because they're bad. And then you're like, oh, because then you're stuck too. Because then we're like, where do we go from there? Because you've already dehumanized that person, which means, as you would resonate with me, you've already dehumanized yourself.
0: Yeah, you're stuck. I agree with that. Yeah. The the last thing I want to weave in is I saw a thread on Facebook the other day. We don't have to go deep into this, but even the fact that this was posted sort of speaks to the topic. Something along the lines of paraphrasing that, uh, you know, can 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 the coaches and therapists on, you know, in my Facebook friend group,
2: yeah,
0: it was like, can you diagnose Trump? Yeah, yeah. Which most actually most people were kind of like, oh, it would be really inappropriate to try to diagnose somebody based on yeah or talking to them or having yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I thought well that's that's good um but I interpret my bias is to interpret that and I have had these conversations around you know again like healing and yeah if really what we know what we can piece together of Trump's upbringing and maybe some of the traumas he you know he faced um yeah it's like I don't know I I think it can be valuable we shouldn't make assumptions and it's that can be a dangerous sure, sure. Lockdown, but 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 trying to have empathy based on how somebody, you know, came to came to be. Does that excuse their actions when they have that much power? Absolutely not. And I don't yeah. you're not neither of us agree that actions should be excused based on really anything. You know? No, no. But, it
1: just helps give you understanding and be like, oh, there were reasons. <laughs> there were exactly. reasons. Like there's a yeah. reason he bluffs through the world the way that he does. Okay. All right. And the reason he talks the way he does and the way he doesn't care whether people are offended by it or whatever, you know what I mean? Where he grew up, what city he grew up in, uh, a father who probably we get the sense kind of wasn't super awesome and said whatever he wanted, but he was like, well, but it helped me grow up tough. All right. So I'm going to talk the same way. It'll help people grow up tough because that's what we need to be. We're, We're weak. We're weak sauce. Like, right. We, I mean, it's, and it, cause it's weak sauce to other people. To like assume everyone's hateful—that's weak. That's weak, and you need to get—we need to get stronger, in, in in growing an understanding. Right? You're like, oh, okay. So you you always want to figure out, yeah, what's the best diagnose them in the most generous way possible, as opposed to this is why I think TDS is real—is people just have left that completely out of the equation. Like literally, you just say Trump around certain people, and they're like, they get all mad, and then if you ask them to explain it, they're like, you know, you flipping no. You're like, all right, that's crazy. I'd be like, I don't like hamburgers. What? You know hamburgers are the best. Like if anyone acted that way about anything, anything, any person, especially a person they don't even know. Like, I don't know Trump. You know what I mean? Like, so again, like, yes, a thera- like an actual therapist is like, I can't diagnose a person I've never met, but I don't, well, we I, all we all do it.
0: So thumbs up. Yeah,
1: thums, thumbs up.
0: PBS is real.
1: It's a real phenomenon, y'all. Watch out for it. But in, And honestly, as you were speaking to human empathy, let's avoid all DSs, all derangement syndromes about any people. Let's give people, let's love our enemies, man, as hard as we can. While still, like, the cool thing I love about uh, the, the biblical admonition, the commandment to love your enemies, is it doesn't say they're not your enemies anymore. It doesn't say your enemies become your friends. Yeah. still can oppose you still gonna be trying to harm you whatever but our our call still is to love even as we're knowing their enemies so i'm not saying enemies don't exist and people aren't scary and people aren't mean um but man can we choose love yes we can
0: uh, let's let end on that note i love you i love you thank you you're not my enemy <laughs> you're not mine <laughs> Bye.
2: Bye.